remember what you were doing on Monday nights in April and May? Uh, well, this team was in the cafeteria from 7 to 9 on Monday nights training for the fourth year in a row to minister in the Dominican Republic. 17 of them. We're glad for that. Compass had a hand in that, as they do every year, so we're glad to help prepare. Uh, many souls were saved. The gospel was given out liberally, and it was a blessing both from the team and from the church down there in Bonnie. So let's enjoy our time as they share with us what God was doing in their lives. Thanks, Pastor John. And uh, thank you, Norfield Church family and Compass for sending us this year for the fourth year. And uh, it's probably been my eighth or ninth year going. And I uh, was with Play Ball for a number of years. And it was a joy to um, prepare and bring a team of 17 this year. And I'm just going to introduce you to them and just have them stand where they're at. And uh, you'll hear from many of them throughout the morning. And uh, it's just, a, again, a privilege to share what God has done uh, Tim and Carolyn Bayless, if you would stand, and uh, they were a couple of our leaders that went on the trip, and this is their fourth year as well. And we have uh, Nate and Crystal Peel. This is their first year going to the DR. We had 17, 10 were returning veterans to Bonnie in some capacity, and seven were new to the DR, and some even new traveling for the first time on a plane. So it was a, a great mix. We had Ryan Falds as well. Faith Harwood, Alex and Tori Puff, Reagan Nickel, James Robertson, Craig Donahue, Josh Zip, Jenna Ashley, who's not here. She's out vacationing in Michigan. And then the Peralka boys, if you'd stand, Brian, Brandon, and Ben, my three sons, had the privilege of going with me as well this year. So it was, again, just a great joy, and the church in Bonnie sends their greetings. Uh, they would say, Dios te bendiga, which mean, uh, means blessings upon our church here in Northfield. And uh, they have already invited us back for next year. Uh, so they were uh, very excited. This is a uh, really a joy for them to have us each year. And uh, so they're ready to prepare for next year as we uh, look to, once again, go on the volleyball courts and, and VBS. And so we're going to give you just an overview this morning of what, um, what the trip was all about. So first of all, I want to share with you um, top 10 reasons you know that you were in the DR, and uh, we'll have some fun with this. So uh, as we go, and the clicker's not working, Ed. And it's on. Okay, so number 10, we'll go with number 10. When your plane lands in Santo Domingo, the passengers clap their hands, and that happens all the time. It's like they don't trust the pilot or something, but we, uh, we come down. And this year, actually, I was probably clapping as well and praying because of little surprises every day. This is like one of the most smooth trips that we've had. Praise the Lord for that. With customs and luggage and everything else and illness. We only had one team member and that was only because going there he wasn't feeling great. But as uh, we were actually coming into Santo Domingo, I've done this flight several times, and you come into a strip 
that right after it is the Caribbean, so you better land, right? So, so as we were coming down and the landing gear was coming down and we were actually descending, uh, we were coming towards the airport and all of a sudden the plane pulled up. And so, yeah, and here I am just like, you know, Lord, what is going on? Because now we're just over a body of water. And so it wasn't until like five minutes later that the pilot came on and said there were high winds because of a thunderstorm and the crosswinds, they couldn't land. It was, they were not allowed to land. So we circled the Caribbean for a while, and then we actually came back the opposite way and landed on that landing strip. So we were landing opposite of what the planes would normally land. So the Lord definitely watched over us. But again, that was, uh, that was crazy. Number nine is stop signs and traffic lights are optional. And uh, that is true out there. We had a video clip for you. It, you see all these bikes zooming every which way. Uh, the Lord, again, keeps us safe on this trip. Uh, no accidents, and we, we are thankful for that, even in open-air ve- vehicles that we're riding in on the back of trucks as well. Number eight is waking up to roosters crowing and dogs barking becomes the norm. Uh, that's your wake-up call throughout uh, the day. Four o'clock in the morning usually is when you hear the first rooster crow. And then sirens go off uh, t- for the start of workday. And then there's also siesta sirens and then the end of workday. So there's a lot of different changes. Plus, it sounds like semi-trucks are coming through your room um, as you're sleeping because that's the main strip that goes to Haiti. And so there's semi-trucks that are downshifting all throughout the night. And so it does sound like it's right coming into the building. Number seven, taking a siesta nap in the afternoon is highly encouraged. And again, that is true. They have sirens that tell the people there for the workday to take a nap. Number six, Flushing toilet paper is frowned upon, so that's the opposite. We, because of the uh, sewage system there, you cannot flush toilet paper. So it's basically wipe, um, fold, and toss it away. That's what you have to do in the, in the waste paper baskets there, and so you get used to that after a while. Number five, cold showers can shockingly wake you up or refreshingly cool you off. It just depends on the time of day. Uh, it's, it's water from a cistern that comes in from rain, rainwater, and so, thankfully, this year we didn't run out of water, which is good. I know that in years past, uh, Sean Harwood was totally soaked up, and, uh, he, and the shower water went away. So that happens quite a bit, and even rolling blackouts out there. So we were, we were saved by those this year. Number four, bottled water is a necessity for hydration and brushing your teeth. And so I know a lot of team members, after uh, leaving the DR, they're just ready to have tap water to be able to brush your teeth again because you really can't drink the tap water because of parasites. And so there's even signs in the bathroom to remind us as Americans not to drink the tap water. Uh, So we have many bottled waters that we go through. Number three is fresh juices and food without preservatives is your daily diet, which is great. So you come back to here and your stomach doesn't feel the same, right? Once you start eating a greasy burger and fries, because that's not what you're eating out there. It's uh, freshly squeezed fruit juice, uh, strawberry, watermelon, passion fruit. They have a great lemonade. Um, and then mango is in season right now as well. So you get a lot of mangoes. Number two, 26 passengers can ride comfortably in a 15-passenger van. And that, is, that happened this year. That's a record uh, within the Red Dragon. It's not air-conditioned. It's actually missing a window this year, too. They had plastic over it. Uh, so some of the windows open, but uh, we, we got 26 individuals going to Escondido. 23 adults was the record this year because the 26, there was an infant in the, in the van. So I guess we, we will count that. 
But on the way to Escondido, we had comfortably seated our team in there and some other Dominicans. And then the driver, Hiro, says they're going to make a stop. And as they stop, they say, oh, yeah, two or three people are going to get in. And then it was like 10 additional people walked into this van. It was the clowns in a Volkswagen, basically. And we had video, and the video didn't turn out. All I got at the end was the last six seconds of Josh walking out of the van. And I was like, oh, no. So we didn't get to see it. And then number one is that God is using the NBC team on the courts and in VBS to save lives. That's, that's the reason why you know that we're in the DR. And so we want to share more about that this morning. This is a typical day in Bonnie. And so uh, we wake up each morning for breakfast at 7.30. And so, oh, that's the first wake-up call. It's 4 a.m., like I said before, because of the roosters. Then you go back to sleep. And then 7.30, team breakfast, and we're waking up everyone at 7.29 pretty much by the end of the week. Everyone's very tired. 8.55, the red dragon that we belovedly call that uh, van leaves for the volleyball ministry in the sports center. At 9.10 to noon, we have a volleyball ministry at the sports center with the girls. At 1 p.m., we come back for a team lunch together. And then from 1.30 to 2.45, we try to have our siesta, and uh, we have air-conditioned rooms there, so that's very much helpful for us. And uh, it actually gets cold in the evening as well. There's not really blankets in the DR, so you have to turn down the air conditioning. 3 to 3.30, we leave for VBS preaching point sites, and we'll talk more about the three preaching points that we had this year. And then from 4 to 5.30, we have the VBS ministry within those towns, and uh, we have a lot of great uh, experiences with a number of kids while we're in those towns as well. At 7 p.m., we return. We have dinner with the team. And then at 8 p.m., we usually do a team housekeeping items and team debrief meeting just to talk about the day, talk about what to expect for the next day, to give testimony of what God has done uh, throughout that ministry. 9 p.m. to 11 p.m., we would visit Flacco's Corner Store, uh, bon ice creams out there, play some games. Uh, so then we've just allowed the team to unwind. And sometimes curfew, if, if their leader was nice, would actually go beyond 11 o'clock as well. And uh, then at midnight, we would try to have lights out. And some would shower and just get ready for the next morning as well. Here are some pictures for you. So it wasn't all work throughout the week. On Friday and even on Saturday, we would go ahead and um, go out to town. This is Flacco's, the corner store. And so uh, Flacco, which means skinny, he's the owner of this corner store. It's right around the uh, place of the church. And you can get a, uh, a, Coke, a bottle of Coke for 25 cents. That's how much it is. And so the next picture shows you the team showing off their Coca-Cola. There they are. And uh, so... He, he takes them back, and he'll recycle the bottles as well. But uh, it's, a, it's a good, refreshing Coke after a long day. And then this is the typical bus ride that actually goes, if we're going for a long distance, this is um, air-conditioned. We can fit about 20 individuals in there, or 25, and then it also has Wi-Fi. So this is like our trip to the Caribbean and our trip to town. And this is a small dog. It's actually not. It's, uh, can you see that? 
And so uh, these, are, these iguanas are throughout the Caribbean there, and uh, so they're, they're pretty large. And there's a picture. That's called the Beautiful Bay. That was um, actually founded by Christopher Columbus, and there's a naval academy, a naval base right nearby, and it's a great coral reef, and you're able to uh, snorkel and see a lot of great things underwater. Brian actually this year found a stingray that he took a picture of underwater. This is uh, now going on Saturday. We went into the capital city. This is where this is the original old wall of the city, over 500 years old, uh, one of the first in the Americas. This is where the flag was raised for the Dominican when they had their Day of Independence. And so, within this particular area, there's also a memorial for the three founding fathers, and there's an eternal flame that burns within this memorial. And uh, this is something of their pride in the Dominican that, that we're able to see this as well. And this is the typical walk throughout the city of Santo Domingo and walk into the market where we negotiate prices for souvenirs. And it's just a, a great time within the market to be able to talk to different vendors during that time. This is a picture of the group right in the square, and that's Diego Columbus's castle. So that's C Christopher Columbus's son. And Christopher Columbus never saw this actually built. He had died before that went up. And it just celebrated about four, 504 years now, uh, that particular castle. And so this is a highlight of the team after this. We usually go in for some lunch at Angelo's and have some pizza that we haven't had throughout the week. And this is usually the second to, to the last day that we're together. At this time, I'm going to have Carolyn come up, and she's going to share about Vacation Bible School. Um, this year, we had the opportunity to minister over 250 children at three locations. We were um, at Boca Canasta, Escondido, and Zona Norte. Um, there's a variety of different conditions in these areas. Limited space, open area, um, distractions from noises, from other things going on. And they were, um, some of them were a far distance from the church. Um, the theme for the four days that we had, we did um, VBS Monday through Thursday in the afternoons, was the heart of a champion, David's life. So the first one that we did was out of 1 Samuel 16, a heart of, um, we did a heart of conviction. Um, we did a heart of confidence out of Samuel, um, 1 Samuel 17, a heart of courage, out of 1 Samuel 18 um, to 20, and then a heart of conquerors. So we tried to um, make applications um, in the lesson um, for each one. So for conviction, we, um, the application was that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at our hearts. Um, for confidence, we... Um, Put our confidence in God in our daily lives, just like David used to defeat Goliath. And then for courage, we talked about um, being courageous and learn to trust God in difficult times. And um, for conquer, um, God keeps his promises and we trust and follow him. So that was kind of our guidelines that we followed throughout the week. We also had four crafts. 
um, that we did um, besides the lesson, and we did a bag of stones, we did um, a crown, we did a memory cross track, and we did a, um, the heart was black and they can scratch off. So, um, so we tried to combine all these. The team, like um, Pastor John said, we started in April, and our job was to organize games, organize crafts, and teach the lessons. So we were all divided up into um, groups of these three locations. Um, we had teachers, we had um, people in charge of crafts, we had people in charge of games at all these locations. Um, our games were anything with um, any kind of ball, hula hoops, chairs. So um, they came up with different um, games to do that. Um, Jenna, Ashley, and Faith Harwood um, in the planning stages when we got together and we planned the four lessons, the heart of a champion, when we came up with these crafts. We have to do all the prep work before we leave, and we have to bag everything, divide everything um, up into our suitcases. Our suitcases cannot weigh more than 50 pounds. Um, I, Tim and I had to take four suitcases because I went around and collected um, old uniforms from um, club teams and different high schools. So Holy Name um, donated some uniforms. Mayfield High School donated. I drove all the way down to Wooster, um, Triway High School, donated uniforms. Um, Reagan collected um, club, um, different club um, from Summit County area. Um, Nova donated and University of Akron donated some jerseys. Um, I also had a club team um, called Maverick that donated. So we took over 100 jerseys um, for volleyball. So we have to plan accordingly and pack because we can't be over 50 pounds on our suitcase. And it is embarrassing when you have to open your suitcase and get, the, get pounds out of it because it's over 50. So that is embarrassing. So Jenna and Faith, and um, we met at the Peralcas and we, uh, we um, organized all these crafts and bagged them all. We all do a different craft on a different day. So if there's any leftovers, um, the, next, the team that's doing that one takes all the leftovers because we never know how many, um, how many we are going to um, have at each location. Um, and in April, we started planning and doing all of the, um, that. So that was a um, blessing. When we are there, the Bonnie Church provides the translators. They sing in Spanish, and they provide the snacks. And our, our goal is to do games, crafts, and teach the lesson to the young um, children. They're probably age 2 to about 12 is our time. We've had, we had approximately 85 children um, made decisions for Christ at those um, different VBSs. Um, the one thing in the DR that should have been up on Greg's Top 10 is the word FLEXIBILITY in all caps. Um, you need to be flexible in everything, because if they tell you we're leaving at 8.30, it could be um, 9 o'clock. But you need to be ready, because it's a whirlwind when we go. It's like, right now, go. So you have to be flexible. Um, on Sunday night, we, were, we just got in on Saturday. On Sunday, Sunday morning, they had church, and then we were, Sunday night, they had church, and they divided up into four groups to do VBS. Um, Greg's eyes were popping out at me. I'm looking, going, 
okay, what are we going to do? And in my mind, I'm trying to think, okay, we have, you know, all these bags of organization of crafts only for three locations. And then they had four locations. And then um, by the grace of God, the leadership in Bonnie decided that they didn't have enough translators and they didn't have enough people to go to the one location. Um, so they eliminated that location. We were back to three. So we were very grateful for that. So flexibility is definitely the, um, uh, the biggest thing to do in the DR to make sure that you are flexible. Um, I, we decided to break it out. Um, Brandon um, is going to come and talk about Boca Canesta. Ryan is going to talk about um, Zona Norte, and Faith is going to talk about Escondido, so you can get a better idea of what they did and what um, actually went on when we divided them up into groups. Um, one, one did lessons, and then one did um, the craft. Hello. So I'm going to be sharing for our um, the report of Boca Canesta. Um, for the past three summers, I have had the privilege of being able to serve in the small town known as Boca Canesta. I say privilege because it truly has been a blessing to be able to go back to the DR every single year and see the kids from the previous year um, grow not only physically but spiritually. Um, it's encouraging to see familiar faces as well as new faces every single year as it shows that learning more about God in the Bible is significant to them and takes priority in their lives, as it should with all of us as well. Um, this year was especially different for me personally, being the only person from the whole team returning to Boca Canesta and effectually taking the responsibility of showing my new group how to adapt to the very small area that we had to use um, to maintain over 60 kids. Um, we had to prepare for our time doing things such as moving incredibly unbalanced dividers into the middle of the room, um, arranging 30 or so chairs into a highly compact circle, and even carrying what seemed to be a 300-pound generator in order to power the fans. Um, I think I can safely say that we never went to VBS knowing exactly what our time might behold, but every year it never ceases to amaze me how even though our time with the kids might now go completely according to our plan and appear to be a bit un unorganized, everything still works out in God's eyes and for his will, which can be seen through the, through the attentiveness of the kids and the imp impact that the lessons and crafts have on them. Um, something that I've learned over the years which has come from comforted me to know is that no matter how unorganized or confused we as Americans might seem, the Dominicans, both children and adults, are always grateful to have us with them despite the language barrier. Um, I think we can all learn a lot from the amount of gratitude and hospitality displayed in that culture. We live in a culture where we have so much but act as though we have so little. Um, down there, it's the complete opposite. Um, for as little as some of the families down there have, they act as though ha they have so much. If there's one thing I've learned from going to the vacation Bible schools in the DR, it would be to express more gratitude and to be more content with what I have. As I reflect on the week in the DR and all of the previous summers that I've spent there, I have an answer as to what my favorite part of VBS at Boca Canesta is. It's not being able to practice my Spanish with the natives or even playing chair games, if you can even call them games, as they usually turn out to all-out wars. Um, or even, um, or especially not having to carry a piping hot generator that has been sitting in the sun for over an hour, cray, and then 
My favorite part of being at the BBS is seeing the smiles on the kids' faces as they played the games or as they received the crafts because it makes me feel as though I was able to make their days even just a little bit better by being there. It's amazing how big a smile just one or two crayons can create on a kid's face. I hope that that aspect of the trip will never change. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Faith Harwood, as it says, and I will be talking about Escondido. I've had the opportunity, just like Brandon, to be at Escondido every year I've gone, so this was my fourth year there. I imagine that Escondido is like what most people picture when they think of an impoverished city in an impoverished country. Most houses have no real windows or doors. They have dirt floors and pieced together roofs. Some of the kids have no shoes. A lot of the kids don't have much. It's crazy to see how they react to the crafts we bring or the bright balls we use. We can't let anything out of our sight because we know we might not get them back if we do. Our preaching point takes place in a church member's home, front yard and back. We start off singing in the front, where a portion is paved and filled with chairs for the children to sit in. Iroh, who has led the group each year and is essential to its succession, leads them in song and prayer. The younger kids stay to hear the message from Greg, while the older ones head to the back to do the craft, where a building with some clutch fans and a paved floor was built. Some of the church kids come with us to help translate and guide us with the craft. We have a lot of fun with them there. Most of the team, or most of the teens, are just as excited about the crafts as the kids. And it's fun to see them tease one another and just interact with each other the same way we interact with our friends. Then we switch. Older kids up front and younger kids in the back. We repeat. Though with a little more help because some of the kids have only just learned to walk and still need a lot of help peeling and sticking or whatever the craft requires. Then we lead them in game time. It always starts one way and ends in completely another. There's a lot of laughter and confusion, maybe a fight or two, and then it's snack time. Kids stick around to talk to us or laugh at us and try to mooch one last craft or wristband off one of us Americanos. We make it work. We ride to and fro in the Red Dragon, which is a van not unlike the ones we took as teens here, just with no air conditioning and twice as many riders. We broke the record the first day, like Greg said, going there with 26 people in a 15-passenger van. From that trip onwards, Iroh had us going in two trips, which made things just a little less sweaty. It's an exhausting few hours. Not being able to understand kids and their questions is tiring. The heat takes all your energy, and trying to convince kids that don't always want to be there to sit and listen can be very taxing. But like all things we do down there, we make it work. If there's one thing I've learned over my last four trips, besides my crayons in Spanish, is that we would be completely hopeless without the help from the Bonnie Church. It would be awful to try and navigate through our trip without them. And I'm not just talking about the language barrier or the difference in traffic laws. They just make everything great with their big smiles and even bigger hearts. We've all made lasting connections there with them, and it makes me sad to think that any time I leave them, it might be the last. Had I never gone on this trip and met the girls at volleyball or kids at Escondido, I really do believe I would be a completely different person. I never looked at a ball the way the girls did or a simple scratch heart the way the kids did. I always come back feeling very blessed to be living the life I was born into. Thank you. Dios te bendiga. Hola. Um, so I am Ryan. Uh, I was at Zona Norte. Um, and I'm going to talk about a typical day there, but there's nothing really typical <laughs> about it other than being flexible. Um, the first day, as Greg talked about, we arrive 
or we're supposed to be leaving between 3 and 3.30. I don't think we left until about 4.30 um, that day. And we got to ride in the back of a pickup truck, uh, which might sound crazy with optional stop signs and stoplights, but um, that was nothing compared to day two when we had to cram in a Ford Explorer that didn't have the back seat, and I believe there were about nine of us in, so about five seats and about nine trying to cram into this Ford Explorer. But uh, uh, we made it work, and, and we were flexible. So, um, you know, when we, we uh, I've had the privilege of being there uh, the last four years, and, uh, and this year I had the privilege of being the, the, uh, the teacher. Um, and my translator was Julio, and um, just uh, over the years I've um, just built a, a good friendship with him, and um, it's encouraging to see him uh, back every year. And he, he's great with the kids. Um, he brought his, his guitar to Zona Norte, and he would put theme, music themes to our lessons, and we would do skits. Um, for example, David and Goliath, he put mariachi music to David and Goliath. And uh, we would have um, Wilmon, who is another, um, he's not in there, but Wilmon is, he's amazing with the children. Uh, they have so much respect for him. Um, all the children know him. Uh, they could be going wild and, and yelling and going crazy, and all he has to say is uno, dos, tres, and they're just quiet. Um, so a lot of respect for, for Wilmon, and uh, uh, he was, I believe he was our Goliath, and uh, a, a big guy, and um, one of the little kids was, was David, so um, they just love that, but um, I have uh, one story that was just really encouraging. Um, the, the, as you heard, the kids love the crafts, uh, they love just these simple bracelets, um, and there was this uh, boy, um, well, there were three children, and three of us went over to give them our bracelets. And this one boy I knew was, um, he, he just wasn't very happy the first day. He was, he was kind of pouting a little bit, and I didn't see him smile at all. And we go over, and we each give him our bracelets, and I give him mine. And he just got the biggest smile on his face. Um, just, just the simplest thing. And... And there was trash all over the place after having snack. And uh, even through the language barrier, I was, you know, can you help me pick up this trash? And he goes around, and I was expecting him to pick up a few pieces and then go play again. But he came back, and his hands were just full of all these wrappers and all this trash. And um, the rest of the week, you know, he was my best friend. <laughs> um, he was just smiling and, and uh, just having a good time. And it's just encouraging to see um, you never know what kind of life they live at home, um, what they're going back to. Um, but just the simplest thing can encourage them. And, and uh, you heard the numbers a little bit um, about, about the children who, who uh, claim to uh, receive Christ. And um, I just I ask you to continue to pray for these children. Um, I'd encourage you to, to keep praying for the Church of Bonnie and... Um, just the work that they're doing. We only get to be there for a week, but they get to see these children all year long. So um, I pray that you would, I ask that you would, you would pray for them and, and, um, 
And I also just thank you for your uh, financial support and uh, your prayers um, as we went on this trip and that you'd continue to pray. So thank you. So as we shared, we also had our volleyball ministry. So we ministered to about 250 kids within the VBS in those three sites. And then in our volleyball ministry, just to give you a quick summary, this wants to work once in a while. All right. So we met in the Bonnie Indoor Sports Center, which is probably about maybe 10 minutes away from the church. And then we had uh, rotating the girls through five stations, serving, passing, setting, hitting, and then we'd always share that the most important station was the gospel station. And, and this model really was built by Dave Ferguson and BMM for play ball. And we've kept the same model. When it's, when it's not broke, don't fix it, right? And so uh, we went ahead and, and we've been doing this for the last four years, and it's been very successful. On Wednesday, we instructed 83 girls. That's the highest attendance in four years uh, for the volleyball clinics. We approximately um, actually instructed 100 girls from Monday through Thursday because some came back certain days, didn't come back, new girls would come on, on another day. So about 100 girls came through that ministry. 36 girls put their trust in Jesus Christ throughout that week. And 65 girls attended the closing program on Friday at the church. And uh, so we learned probably three years ago, that don't start it at 7 o'clock because then it really starts around 8, and then we're done, you know, probably closer to 10 or 11. So we said 6 o'clock the last couple of years, and it starts around 6.45, and uh, so it's, it's a great time to be able to share the gospel with the girls once again. I'm going to have Reagan come up at this time. She's going to share a testimony in regards to volleyball, and then we'll also have James come up too. Okay, hello everyone. I'm Reagan. Obviously, you guys don't know me, but um, this is my first time on the trip with Northfield, which was amazing, and I'm going to kind of talk to you about my experience. Um, I've grown up around the game of volleyball. It's kind of my love and my passion, and when one of my close friends provided me with the opportunity to serve the Lord and give back to my sport, I was beyond thrilled. Um, I'm a collegiate volleyball player, and I'm a setter, so luckily um, Greg and all my friends put me in the setting station with Cray and Faith. Um, setting is not an easy skill to teach, to master, and there's a big thing called a language barrier <laughs> that definitely affects, um, at least for me, it was hard. I wanted to be really nitpicky or critique more than I did, but I obviously can't say or speak in Spanish. So that was one of the barriers, I guess. Um, uh, Faith, as our head coach of the setting station, uh, did an amazing job of leading Cray and I because this is our first trip together, and I'm also not a Northfield attendant. So I felt very blessed to have Faith um, as my leader. And it's not easy having three different people thinking three different ways um, on one topic. So she did an amazing job. Um, we had an amazing team of 17, so that's also 17 people. So Greg and Carolyn and Tim did an amazing job of leading us all. So I just wanted to give them a quick thank you. I appreciate all of your help. So with volleyball, the first two days we were broken into skills, and everyone is doing their individual. So like Greg said, you're setting, passing, serving, setting. Obviously, that's mine for getting that one. Um, 
but then you went to the gospel station. And then the third day, we connected hitting and setting, which was a lot of fun because I got to connect with Ryan, um, Brandon, and Josh as well. And we had Ben sometimes. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> he was in our group a few times. Um, uh, I love the fact on the third day that everyone was correcting each other and helping one another. And um, they kind of get violent, <laughs> like Faith said, so they'll hit each other and be like, hey, get out of my way. Everyone was so eager to play and to be there, and that was something that hit home to me because volleyball is just something that I do in my every day. But for them, it was something that just brought them amazing joy. Um, I was asked to pick a favorite memory, and it was an extremely hard task. So if there was a uh, pick-everything box, that's what I would check. Um, I got to coach Dominicans and play with them, which was an amazing blessing, and it was super refreshing to be around um, the game again in a different way. Um, volleyball tasks up a lot and takes up a lot of my time. Um, and playing with them was just a glorious part of my trip. Um, I had a blast, and I thank all of you for allowing me to come. Um, I met Brandon in high, or Brian and Brandon in high school, and uh, we went to CBCA, and it was an amazing trip going with them. And when he asked me to come again, um, I'm going to cry. Uh, when he asked me to come again, it was the biggest blessing. And I love volleyball, and I loved watching them set, and I loved teaching them, and I would love to go again. So thank you, Northfield. I appreciate it. Good morning. Most of you know me, but I'm James Robertson. Um, I served as an assistant coach um, in the serving station for the week. Brian was the head coach, and his leadership and experience his four years down there uh, was huge. We connected really well alongside those lines, um, just by, by bouncing off ideas off each other. And we started playing these games um, about mid, middle of the week um, that we just let's, let's try to target the backboard. We kind of got scolded for it from the the guy who runs the, the athletic center, but um, they really enjoyed the games and we kept track and O'Brien beat us every time. His team beat us every time, but that's okay because uh, the girls really enjoyed it. Um, we had a point system to hit the backboard. If you hit the backboard, you get a point. You hit the rim, you get two points. You hit it in, you get three points. And so they really enjoyed that, really had a blast doing that. Um, I really enjoyed the serving station. That's one of my favorite things to do in volleyball besides spike. Um, as you can tell, I'm not small, so I like to spike. Um, but uh, it, it was really a great experience being that this was my third visit to the Dominican Republic, one uh, with play ball with Greg a few years ago, and then my second trip was down with my family as we were seeing what the Lord wanted to do in our lives, um, serving him in ministry in whatever aspect that might look like. Um, and you guys, most of you guys know that story. Um, and I was telling the team and my wife that it was kind of bittersweet for me uh, being down there because two weeks before this team, the Compass team, got there, my wife and I would have been, would have been down there serving full-time. Um, and I was looking forward to that. But the Lord had a different plan. And uh, so, again, it was bittersweet, but it was one of, the, one of the best weeks I've ever had, getting to know some of the people that I've known from youth group. Uh, one of the big things that I shared uh, one night is just Jenna and Brian and Brandon and Alex, um, the older, older ones. I, I was their youth leader just four years ago. And just their leadership, their experience, their passion, their heart for those kids was one of the best things I've seen all week. Um, just being able to see them serve in that capacity where they enjoyed every single minute of it. Um, and that was a, truly a blessing to me just to see that as, not, not to say I've seen them grow up, but um, it was just really cool to see um, that. And just me and Ryan really connected over the week. We really had a lot of gospel conversations 
um, about what the Lord's doing in our lives and what are we doing um, with our lives. Um, here in the States, what are we doing in our lives? Um, but this was my first trip with Compass 2819 and a team uh, from Northville Baptist Church as well as Compass. One of the most memorable things for me during a serving station was the excitement each girl showed as they came from the gospel station to the serving station. A lot of times we would get the girls from the gospel station, they would come right to the serving station. So they were, they just got, they just got preached to. They just, the gospel was just shared. And we would ask them what it was that they learned. And they all seemed to share the same thing or the same idea. And it was that Jesus loves them and cares for them in the difficult times, no matter what. And he gives them strength and courage to persevere through those tough times. And seeing, and seeing that, they understood it. And why it is important, why that was important, it was encouragement to me because of the sincerity in their eyes. You look in those kids' eyes who you believe that, you believe that the Lord has saved, and you just see a difference. Um, you see a difference in her life. You see a difference in her actions on the volleyball court. Um, and you could just see it. There, it just, the God just does an amazing work um, when somebody comes to know him. <clears throat> and uh, it was, again, it was encouraging to me. Um, the sincerity was very, very encouraging. One of the other things that was memorable for me was when it came to the volleyball aspect and techniques of serving. Some of the girls really didn't quite understand it the first time. But as the week progressed, the, the improvement was visibly, visibly seen over the course of the week. When they got the technique down, as well as their steps, their faces lit up with excitement, and it was awesome to see. It was like everything clicked and became understandable, much like what I discussed earlier about what they learned in a gospel station. Just the, the comparison when you see it. It's, it's amazing to see. <clears throat> Another thing that never goes unnoticed, as we've talked about it, others have talked about it, um, is the selfless acts of love of the men and women down there. <laughs> Sorry. We go down there to serve, but we get served. Um, they do every, they break their backs for us. Um, and, and they help us to not worry about anything, just focus on the ministry and focus on the kids. Um, and that takes a burden off our leadership team. That takes a burden off the, the rest of the team as well, because now we can really just zone in and we can focus and it's never unnoticed down there. Um, Overall, it was, it was a fruitful and fulfilling week for the team. I think the entire team would agree. On a personal level, this trip really gave me a renewed desire deep down in my heart to do ministry and serve the Lord in any, in any capacity he may have me to do. Thank you, and I hope that you are blessed today as we, were, as we were blessed throughout the entire week and watching the Lord move in the lives of the girls of volleyball and the boys and girls of EBS. Thank you. I want to give a uh, shout out to Compass Ministries, Pastor John and Carrie, for getting us organized and getting seven to get 17 people through an airport with today's security is just amazing. So thank you for that. Uh, thank you for each of you who prayed for us, who uh, financially supported the team. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to our Dominican hosts and ministry teammates. The Dominicans are just extremely friendly and caring people. I know I probably experienced that a little bit more so than the rest of the team. For example, again, this year, after being there just one day, several of the Dominicans came up and offered to drive me back to the airport. So that was just, <laughs> that was just amazing that uh, they care that much about me. So uh, I appreciate that. Uh, Psalm 66, 5 says, come and see what God has done, what awesome miracles he performs for people. And he definitely performed 
some awesome miracles this year at the gospel station. Uh, it was the first year, Jen and I had been there four times, this is our fourth time, but first year for Jen and I both to be in the gospel station. And it was a lot of pressure for me thinking, okay, we have, with our translator, Elias, you can see there, the girls come in, they sit on the, on the mats. We have 25 minutes with them, but it's kind of a moving clock because things are very fluid and, and as has been mentioned, we need to be flexible. But we have basically a little over 10 minutes because everything we say has to be translated and we've got to give time at the end for them to respond to the gospel. So you had two people in there who were new to the gospel station, two people who weren't exactly brimming with confidence, but the Lord continued to just give us what we needed day by day to minister to the girls. And it's just further proof that the Lord takes flawed, nervous human beings who don't exactly know what they're doing at any given time, but brings glory to himself when we put ourselves in his hands, when we take a risk for his name's sake. And even though it was Jenna and I in the gospel station, it truly was our entire team was the gospel station. Because you could just tell from the testimonies Every single person on our team at various points in time was giving love to these girls, giving encouragement to these girls, giving smiles to these girls. So when they came into the gospel station, their hearts were ready to hear the gospel. So thank you to our entire team. Uh, the, you could see the, what the physical location of the gospel station is with the picture, but what you can't tell is to, as we're standing there facing the girls, on this side are the volleyball courts, so a lot of noise going on there. Right next to us here is a wall without windows but open slats with a street probably about this far away. So you've got constant noise coming here, constant noise over there, but those girls sat there. And those girls would just focus and listen. And it was, it was just an amazing thing to see that they weren't distracted by the heat. Very hot in that room. They weren't distracted by the noise. They were listening to what the Lord had to say. Uh, the daily message of the gospel station, regardless of the initial discussion or illustrations, always flowed through key verses from Romans and John 3.16 especially. Jenna and I would share our hearts with the girls. We'd share our own struggles, our own challenges with them to try to relate to them a little bit better, our own hurts. Uh, but the main thing we focused on each and every day was the gospel message. We were not going to assume that any of those girls were going to be back again on another day to hear the gospel. So each day we made clear that the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. We talked about the seriousness of the wages of sin, death, eternal, eternity in hell, not being with God in eternity. And the bad news is real. We talked to them very clearly that it's real, but there's also good news. And the good news is that those who respond and receive the gift of God... Jesus Christ will not have to face that. And so we talked about how God didn't just say that he loves us. God demonstrated his love by giving us Jesus. Jesus didn't just say, I love you. Jesus died on the cross in our place for our sins. And so Jenna had a great idea when, when it came to our daily 
reading of John 3.16, which we had posted uh, behind us on paper in Spanish. She had the girls fill out a sticker with their name on it. And so they would put their name on it each day. If there were any new girls, they would add it to that. And so what we would do each day as they recited John 3.16 in Spanish, instead of saying, God so loved the world... Jenna would point or Elias would point to the sheet and they would say their own name. And that just really brought home uh, a lot of the personal touch and personal connection with those girls. We sang the song, He Knows My Name. The, the church there didn't know that song. On Sunday morning, I said, boy, it'd be great at our closing ceremony on Friday night if you could sing that song. And I'd never heard it before. I, sh- I played it for him on my phone. Just in five days on Friday night, they sang it in Spanish. And so that was just special. So the girls could hear that song, the words of that song, how important it was to connect to them, that Jesus loves them personally. Several girls raised their hands in response to the gospel, especially the first and the second day. So that by far was the most uh, special thing to me to just, give an invitation at the end, have them close their eyes, bow their heads, and say, if you have not done so before, you can today, today's the day of salvation, choose to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, choose to accept the gift of salvation that only Jesus can offer. And to see those hands going up, there's no, nothing in the world that can, nothing in the world that can just take this, the place of how special and what a blessing, what an honor it is to, to be in that room at that particular time. Uh, Jenna's on vacation today, but she did give me something uh, she'd like me to read, so I'll do that now. She says, this year I had the amazing opportunity to work in the gospel station with Tim. And going into it, I wasn't exactly sure what to expect. I enjoyed my roles in the past and wasn't really thinking I wanted to do anything different. So when I was asked to do the gospel station, I was a little surprised. The gospel station was intimidating and was going to push me out of my comfort zone. Walking in the first day, I was nervous. Thoughts were filling my head like, what if I said the wrong thing? With every group of girls that came in, I had less doubts. The girls would come in smiling and laughing, and even though we hardly knew any Spanish, they would still try to talk to us. Elias was an amazing translator, and even though we didn't know what he was saying half the time, he kept the girls smiling and engaged. Every day we had the opportunity to interact with the girls and just share the love of Christ with them. And that is an experience I am extremely grateful for. One specific thing we shared with them has really stuck out to me. It was on Wednesday. We had the opportunity to talk talk to the girls about how much God loves them. We did an illustration where we passed around a mirror and had each one look into it. We told them that God doesn't want us to try to be someone else. He loves the person they see in the mirror. We don't know what situation these girls are coming from, so being able to share with them that there is someone who loves them and seeing their reactions as they heard it is something that I'll never forget. I am so thankful that God stretched me this year and that I had the chance to play a small part in sharing the gospel with these girls. And I can definitely say amen to Jenna's thoughts there. So when I think about the spiritual impact of our team this year, and it was a big spiritual impact, Jesus did that. God did that. God carried us. He blended us together as a team. A lot of new people, we shouldn't have been that close as a team. We shouldn't have been 
that polished and that as effective as a team, but God did that. He blended us together. He gave us the words. He gave us the power. He gave us the love and moved in the hearts of those kids and those teens. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, also who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. And in Acts, the phenomenal success of the early church was attributed to one thing. In Acts 11.21, it says, The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Well, the hand of the Lord was definitely with our team, and he gets all the credit, he gets all the praise, he gets all the glory for what he did in Bonnie. So what about you? The Bible says in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Jesus died on the cross in your place and in mine. It should have been us on that cross. Have you put your trust in Jesus and asked him to forgive you of your sins? Jesus knows your name. He knows your every thought and every hurt. And he is offering you the greatest gift anybody can ever offer. Have you received the gift of salvation that only he can give you? Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. 1 John 5, 11 through 13 says, And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this is life in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things are written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Today is the day of salvation. If you have never responded to the gospel yourself, if you have never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins and accepted his gift, Please do so today. Pastor John will be uh, down front after the service. I'll stick around as well. Uh, Today is the day. Don't wait. If you have already accepted Christ as your Savior, I just have one final question for you. Who will you take the gospel to this week? Thank you. Again, thank you uh, for allowing us to share. And we're going to end with... Just some sounds and sights from the Dominican, and the girls are actually singing the song, the choir, He Knows My Name, in Spanish. And then after that, I'm going to have Pastor John come and close our time in prayer. Dios te